What's up, everyone, and welcome back to school. But don't worry, everything is cool. I'm your host, Jalissa, and of course, we have the boys here, Steve and Brandon. Say what's up, you guys. What's, what's up? And we have a special guest today. We got Stephanie Nina Aquino. I said that right, right? Nana. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Good. Stephanie Nana Aquino. Hi, everyone. I said that right now. <laughs> but welcome. Welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. How are you doing? How are you doing, doing today? good. Just graduated, so feeling so powerful. Time in my hands. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. I'm invincible. Nice. What did you major in? Psychology. Oh, nice. That's cool. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So I know uh, Steve gave us a little bit of uh, info about you. So you, I know you do like modeling. Mm-hmm. So have you been doing that for a cool bit, or like, can you tell us about, I guess, your journey and like yeah. where you're from and everything about you? So I'm um, originally from South Central LA. Um, I was born and raised in LA as well. Um, modeling is an unexpected journey. It's one that I've never really imagined myself to take on. Um, it kind of happened on accident. I always tell people that. Um, so I follow this page on Instagram. Shout out to Colorado La Mexicana. Um, and the owners, um, Daniel and Eliana, they contacted me to do one of their like shoots for their clothing brand. And I was kind of like taken aback because it was the first like someone's like you know actively like seeked out like to me to like model for their brand and so i was really nervous i was like what the fuck is modeling like what do you even do like how do you even pose like you know (laughs) (laughs) um but they were super sweet they were super dope and i think one thing that i've noticed that i do like is when like photographers in general like give good energy or like good direction especially because it was my first time like i think if i was just thrown in there not knowing what to do and, like, not getting any sort of feedback from a photographer, it would have come out really different. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was back, like, in, I want to say, like, maybe 2021 or even 2020. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Because I still remember we were in the pandemic when that happened. But, yeah, that, that was really cool. That was really fun. And then it kind of, like, stalled for a bit because, you know, because mm-hmm. of COVID yeah. and then, like, everything happening. Um, it wasn't until last year, February, um, so I followed this brand called Bella Doña, oh. and I've always been a big fan of their work, just anything that they stand for, and, like, everything that they put out is super cute. It's very homegirl, yeah. very L.A., mm-hmm. and which is, which is what I really love. And so I shot with them in February, and then everything just launched after that. And everything after that was just back to back to back. And I was a full-time student then, so I kind of had to, like, navigate my coursework with, Mm -hmm. like, shoots and stuff as well, which meant a lot of traveling back and forth from Riverside to L.A. or, like, anywhere else. Even, like, right now for castings, I have to go to L.A. to castings and stuff. And that was just – it's been an experience. I definitely did experience a little bit of burnout Mm -hmm. because just so much driving and then, like – financially too you know gas is expensive yeah Yeah. you know at some point gas almost reached at least six dollars in riverside Mm -hmm. so that was bad um and yeah it's just been a journey an unexpected one but a fun one that's cool so you really like doing what you're doing yes i do it's really cool especially taking up space so that's one thing that like has been really interesting for me to see so like when i first got asked to do like a big brand like for a cosmetics brand um 
I was really nervous because it's like the first time that, you know, they gave me a call sheet. I had to do a contract, fill out a W-4 and like all these things were very new to me that I had no one to teach me how to fill out. So I had to figure it out on my own. And so walking into the spaces, you know, you're looking at the people around there and it's like, yeah, there's some diversity, but, you know, sometimes majority of the time, like the creative like directors and stuff, they're not people that look like us or they're not people that know about like the culture and stuff like you know so like seeing and like you know being part of the space being very visibly brown with like very visible brown features you know it kind of took me back a little where i was like oh am i even meant to be here Mm -hmm. like should i be here like this is so weird like do they think that i'm a pa and not the Mm -hmm. model you know because there's definitely been moments like that where you've been like oh can you get this and i'm like Girl, I'm like, I'm a talent. Like, <laughs> yeah, go yeah. get it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, yeah. I love taking space. Like, now That's I cool. don't feel bad. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm meant to be here for a reason. Like, yeah. if it was not meant to be, then I wouldn't. Yeah. But it, but it is, so... I, yeah. That's so funny. I was going to ask you about that before today, too. Because uh, I looked up before you came, like, uh, what's the percentage of people who are, like, Latina, Hispanic that are, like, fashion models? And I, I looked up, it's 13.1%. So, I mean, you're right. Like, you don't see people like us mm-hmm. who are, like, in that space. So yeah, that's cool you that you really embrace. And then you see an even smaller percentage who are indigenous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, um, my dad's Mixteco. And so, like, I do identify, like, as indigenous as well. Um, so, even, like, going up, like, beyond, like, just, like, Latinx people, you know, there's even a lesser percentage of, like, indigenous representation in modeling. I mean, you know, we see it more in, like, in Mexico and stuff where, like, a lot of more indigenous models are taking up space in Vogue. Yeah. That's my dream, by the way. Vogue, please. Scout me. <laughs> shout out. Uh, shout, shout out to Vogue Mexico. They'll watch uh, this. Um, but yeah, but I am seeing it more like a lot of, you know, my indigenous friends like in the community as well. They're doing it and they're doing it big. And I don't know, like yeah. representation for all of us, period. Yeah, for period. sure. So would you say, how do you identify yourself? So are you like... Would you say you're a Latina model or like an indigenous model? Like what's what's Chicana. the way that you Chicana? Yeah, like which it's been so it's, it's, a, it's a struggle for me. Yeah, identity has always been a struggle for me. Not like um, especially when it comes to like like saying what I am. Mm-hmm. So for the longest, I did identify like as Latina or like Latino, but and then at some point even like Chicana. Mm-hmm. But like as of lately, more like I've kind of just been digging my indigenous roots more Mm -hmm. and so i've been kind of you know what's the word i'm looking for just trying to do like more research on like what it is reconnecting reconnecting Mm -hmm. there you go that's the word like reconnecting definitely because you know my dad he does have his native language Mm -hmm. and like you know where we're from like everyone in his family like his older siblings majority they speak their native language Mm -hmm. we went to mexico like our grandpa like you know he wrote down like some of his words in his native language and so really reconnecting to that is has been like an experience in itself as well just because you know when you do get casted you like you get casted as like the latina yeah yeah talent Mm -hmm. and it's just like it kind of just feels weird to me i don't know Mm -hmm. i still don't know what to identify as it's just that's super relatable i mean i remember uh, even being in college before I, i really had this like awakening of like trying to reconnect with our heritage I remember uh, it was, uh, I think it was, what was it, Christopher Columbus Day? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, what do they call it? Indigenous People Indian, Day now, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I remember it's Christopher Columbus Day, and I remember I asked the teacher, like, oh, like, are we going to have, like, the day off? And he went in on me about how, like, oh, you know, like, we're celebrating, like, a colonizer and, like, all this, like, uh, this genocide and, and stuff. And I was like, no, I know that. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, my people, like, understand that, like, that's where I come from. And I remember a student told me, it's like, what do you mean? Like, you're Mexican. Like, you're not, a, like, an indigenous person. And at the time, I wasn't fully aware of, like, what was saying. So I just allowed that to happen. But I think about that moment, like, all the time. Like, it replays, like, all the time whenever I think about, like, like that. it's crazy that there's a lot of people out here who don't aren't even aware of, like, our cultural background like yeah. that. You know, like you said, like, a lot of people more identify with Latino and Latina. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that if... Mm-hmm they feel as though, like, you know, when they're not educated enough to kind of call themselves an indigenous person. But, like, it, it's stuff like that where, it, like, uh, I think it's important that, like, you show the representation and we continue to have conversations about the identity yeah. as, like, a Mexican-American. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like I'm in the same boat of, like, I'm also trying to figure out my own identity because I also don't like identifying as Latina. Like, I, I, I never really liked it, even as at a young age. Um, or a younger age, I never really liked saying that. That's why I would always just identify as, like, Mexican, or I would say, like, I'm Mexican-American, but people would just self, like, categorize me in being Latina, right? Um, not until recently, now that I'm in the same, like, journey where I'm trying to reconnect with, like, my roots, because um, our parents are, like, from Puebla, which is, a, like, oh, predominantly, up? like, yeah. My parents from Puebla, too. Oh, nice. What part? I told them, I told them. I saw, I think I, I did my research a little bit, and I was like, you're from Puebla, right? Uh-huh. What, what part are your... Well, we're from, like, I have family now in the ciudad, mm-hmm. but we're from, like, the pueblos, pueblos, like, the okay. little pueblitos and stuff. I don't know if you're familiar with Huehuetlan del Grande. No. Uh, yeah, you know, I just uh, know, like, I know uh, Glisco or, like, La Salada Morelos or, like, uh... What is it? Uh, Matamoros? No, something. It has something in the beginning, but I always forget the beginning. But it's like Matamoros. I think I want to say it's like Azúcar de Matamoros, but I don't <laughs> think it's that. I don't think it's that. Um, but yeah, so like I've been trying to like reconnect to I guess that part because my parents are fairly like indigenous and like our grandma, um, she used to speak the Nahuatl language, mm. so like she, so they're very like indigenous there and like our great grandma also used to talk to my dad like in in her like native tongue and my dad didn't get to learn it that much but and it didn't really get passed down that much to us but for me I've always been like especially now when the thing is that when you say like oh you're a Latina in this or you're a Latina in this and I am always like I don't like saying that and I do want to also connect to saying like Chicana but I feel like I don't know enough of, like, the history of, like, within, like, the Chicano movement and all that to, like, I, like self-identify with that. So then sometimes I'm, like, I feel like I want to reconnect more to, like, my indigenous roots. So I want to say, like, I'm, a, I'm an indigenous person in this because I feel like um, me saying that is continuing, like, I guess our history. And, like, if, me, if I say, like, Latina, I feel like I'm kind of erasing that that part of yeah, me. that's the that's um, the, like, the conflection that I've had too with yeah. Latina Latino. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just sound like it. Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, and that's why that's why I feel like I want to reconnect to that because I don't want to continue with the erasure of our indigenous roots. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, in the same thing of like, I I mostly work in sports, right? So there, it's predominantly you know like I don't see a lot of people like me. So I do also get the the same thing of like, do I belong here? Do I deserve to be here? Like. I feel like sometimes I didn't do enough work to get to where I am. But in the end, it's kind of like, bro, like I didn't, nobody like 
gave this to me like my parents didn't know anything like my my dad's a mechanic like he's nowhere to be in the sports industry so how is it that i got in so it's like i did my work i did my yeah i did my hard work like i got in like i that was me i did all those things um and so yeah so like i can i can really i feel what what you're saying so but that's cool that's cool that you are also like trying to reconnect because i guess we're on the same journey (laughs) yeah we are yeah we really all are are. yeah which is cool it's hard too because like the same thing like i I don't really like the latina or latina like uh like description Mm -hmm. and but like it's hard because sometimes when you want to talk to other people that's kind of the term people mainly know. Yeah. So like to like say like in like an indigenous person mm-hmm. and have to explain the whole thing. It's like just like conveniently more to just say Latino, Latina. And, yeah. and it's that's what it like even frustrates me more. It's because it's like I wish it was that easy. Yeah. Right. It's like, like sometimes you let it slide. And you just yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and go through this whole thing of like explaining. Like, yeah. 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 You yeah. didn't have the energy today, and I'm like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, guess. Sure. Yeah, whatever. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I was thinking of the same thing because I was like, I was like, I can just say like, oh, I'm a Latina or whatever. But I feel like now us continuing to do that is just like having them like settle for that. But I think it's like more a of like, yeah, almost. like now I think it is that we should be saying those things. Like we should be calling them out. It's kind of like when they say about your name when they're like, oh, like for me, they call me like Jalissa, but it's actually Julissa. They're mm-hmm. like, you should say the proper way to say your name, true, right? True, true. Like, I you had should... that with my last name. Mm-hmm. Like, for as long as I can remember, it's Aquino. Mm-hmm. But every single time, like, I would have, like, you know, white teachers be like, Aquino? Uh, Aquino? Mm-hmm. Aquino? Mm-hmm. Like, bro, it's Aquino. Yeah. And even then, like, after repeating it so many times, they'll be like, mm, I'll just say it like this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, you like what? settle. You're yeah. like, okay, whatever. I'm not gonna. Uh, I don't yeah. settle no more. I make <laughs> yeah. them say it right. I'm like, mm-hmm. Aquino, Aquino. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. yeah. I remember in school when we would have like sub teachers. No one could like say my name. Like, I don't know, just because the way. Yeah, they were like Jalisa. Because I don't know. I guess they just don't know how to like pronounce it. Because it's like July and then SSA. So people were like, Jalisa, or sometimes I'm like, oh, it's Jalissa. And then they're like, how? Or sometimes even me saying Jalissa, they can't like hear it. Like they're like, okay. And then I'm like, okay. I feel like they do it on purpose though. <laughs> they have <laughs> like, something personally they against have you. Something, no, like it's that ass though. Like I think like they're able to pronounce like a lot of like European sounding names mm-hmm. and like a lot of like, but as soon as they see like some form of ethnic name mm-hmm. i feel like everything in their head just goes out the window and they mm. just like i don't know i think they do it on purpose no no definitely i, I just kind of <laughs> wanted to jump in just a little bit because uh it's applicable because uh part of the book that i was reading um they talk about how the term latino uh came about during the nixon administration um and part and it was very purposeful because it lumped in mexicans cubans and I want to say I I can't remember Italians or something. No, not Italians, mm-hmm. but I, it it lumped in a lot of Latin America, mm-hmm. and one of the the purposeful point of that was um, Cubans tend to be very conservative, mm-hmm. uh, so it was purposeful because then they could target their like uh, politics and stuff towards getting the Latino vote, um, and it's just I thought it was just really interesting that it was kind of purposeful, and the author kind of goes into like that's why a lot of um, young indigenous people are a little confused over what to to call themselves mm-hmm. because um it was very effective in lumping everybody together 
you know um but yeah yeah no yeah that's where like hispanic and and latino kind of came because there was like a lot of the spaniards still here so that's where hispanic came from yeah i hate yeah if i don't don't like latino i hate bro don't ever call me hispanic i don't like hispanic if i don't like latino i i hate hispanic hispanic's like on a different level (laughs) of like offense yeah like you bro you call me hispanic it, it, it also goes on to add that like I guess earlier in mm-hmm. uh, Los Angeles history, a lot of Mexican like uh, uh, food places and businesses and stuff like that were very often referred to as Spanish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like it, it was trying to appeal to the more Eurocentric uh, like uh, aspect of their roots. So I think it was just going on to add why there's so much like confusion and a yeah. lot of like, um, I don't know what the word is, but like. You know why people feel so confused about their identity and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was interesting that there's like a, it's not accidental. It's on purpose. Like uh, they kind of do this on purpose. Like you mentioned like Hispanic and stuff is because like it was easier. It seemed less foreign. Mm-hmm. It seemed more like, um, and they talk about how like, uh, you know, when when you hear accents and like names that are French or like, you know, something very yeah. European. But then when you hear the accent of a of like a Mexican person or their last name sounds a little too indigenous, it's referred to as like, ah, like, you know, foreign, like it's, it's weird, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, pretty interesting stuff. No. Yeah. Cause uh, I, I mean, I have friends who have like indigenous names. I'm sure you guys do too. And then they talk about all the time how they grew up and they were like, Oh yeah, people would come up with these nicknames for me. And I just wish people would say my actual name. Um, and I think it's, it's pretty, that's a good point where you're bringing up about how like, Oh, like, They'll, they'll hear European names and, like, they'll be able to say, like, all these complex names. Yeah. But mm-hmm. when it comes to something with a little bit more of, like, an ethnic background, they, like, completely just give up and they won't do it. Um, it is definitely because, like, if you look at, like, uh, our systems and, like, the, the birth of our nation here in the United States, it's, it was all led through, like, a white supremacist, like, mindset. Like, I mean, yeah. the, the founding fathers had slaves, bro. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not a far, like, it's not a stretch to be, like, you know, obviously our society has been more shifted towards like european like favored things Mm -hmm. no yeah and like especially because i always had the issue with like my name um it's always cool because i i feel like when i see other i guess like foreign or ethnic names i always try my best to like pronounce them as as best as i can and i always like surprise people when like i can do the proper like pronunciation or like or if i can spell it correctly Mm -hmm. like it's always cool because they're always so happy about it. They're like, oh, my God, nobody ever knows how to spell my name. And, like, you know how to do it. And I was like, yeah, like, I don't know. It's not that, like, it's like, I got you. Yeah. Because yeah. the name's, like, a big part. I mean, if you look at my name, right, my name's Steve. Like, the like one of the biggest parts about why my parents named me Steve is because my mom wa- thought that I would succeed if I had, like, a white person name. And I think it's funny, too, because I always bring it up. But my last name is Martinez anyway. So, I mean, even though that's a Spaniard last <laughs> yeah. name, I, you couldn't really hide the, like, identity that I carry either mm-hmm. way. But, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I was named Steve. Because if you look at my family, my, my sister's name is Jalissa. Uh, my brother's name is Valentin. My mom's name is Elvia. Like, they all have, like, super, like, like la- kind of, like, Latin-flavored, like, names. And I just have Steve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. It's always funny going down the, the names. And yeah. then it just ends with Steve. Yeah. <laughs> but it's unique it makes it makes the family a little unique yeah i mean i like my name either like, way. i love my dad's name i feel like i never really hear people like with my dad's name his name is salustio salustio yeah, how do you spell that l-u-s-t-i-o like salustio yeah um, i don't think i've ever, I don't think I've, ever I've, I've never met anybody i've never met anybody named jalissa either i've met a couple of people but they just don't spell it the same as me oh they put like an i instead of the y yeah. huh? 
or a one one S. I've seen I've seen that. No, yeah. yeah. But I've never seen someone with the my exact same spelling. So comment if you do. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to everybody who has a unique name that people never pronounce. Make sure you make people pronounce that shit. Yeah. Tell them. Tell them, you know. Tell them and correct them. Yeah. They say it right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going a little bit off of like that, I would, I guess one last question for me. Um, in what way do you hope to use like your platform or influence as a model to make a positive impact or bring attention to important causes? Uh, definitely representation. I think like just in the past couple of years, there's been more brand representation in media, mm-hmm. whether it's modeling or like in catalogs or just on social media, like influencers in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely want to keep doing that. I want to continue being, like, you know, that brand representation for yeah. people. You know, I have gotten messages from um, people and, like, DMs saying mm-hmm. that, hey, like, you know, like I showed my daughter, like, your your picture with your trenzas and, mm-hmm. like, with the listones. Yeah. And, you know, she was like, mom, like, I want braids too now. Oh. And I just feel like getting messages like that just makes my, you know, my heart warm yeah. because it's like, I remember being little, you know, being very visibly brown again. Mm-hmm. My mom, she never, like, um, she never gave me bad, like, um, stigmas with my skin. Mm-hmm. So my mom, she's a little bit more lighter than me, but she's always been, like, mi morenita, you know, like, mm-hmm. she always did my braids. So my mom was the first introduction to me being, like, comfortable with braids and stuff all the time. And my dad, he's also very brown with very, like, indigenous features. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I got his nose and, like, his thick hair and, like, thick eyebrows. And yeah. so all my brothers, like, you know, we're all visibly brown. And so I feel like if, like, someone, like, a younger person, like, sees that, like, on the covers, like, on billboards and, like, anywhere in social media, like, a healthy representation of, like, that brown is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And why not? Like, I definitely want to keep doing that, you yeah. know, because we didn't have that growing up. Yeah. It was, like, stereotypes and, you know, just not good looks for us. Yeah. <laughs> so or we were always in the background. Always in we the were. background. And yeah. sometimes we did it better. But, yeah. You know, they didn't want <laughs> us in the front. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, if, like, myself and, like, my, you know, my friends that I've made in the community could be, like, at the forefront of these things, mm-hmm. then why not? Like, we're just opening up more doors. Yeah. It was cool. I saw your page. Uh, you have the one with your dentist with your mom, right? Yeah. Yeah. That one was cool. Oh, that was such a fun yeah. shoot. It was really dope. Yeah. The pictures yeah. were beautiful. I was like, wow. I don't know if you guys saw it, but I've it's seen them it, yeah. like with the braids. I was like, wow. And then I saw the comment that it was you and your mom. And I was like, wow. Because it reminds me of like my mom, too. Because like she also used to do like my trenzas and I used to have like ribbons. I think when I forget what grade it was, but we had like our class pictures and there's one of me with like my dentas and like I have ribbons on them. My mom used to do like all that for me before. It was more like my mom was doing it more for me. And then I would I would mostly hear like in school when people would be like, you're weird for that kind of thing. But, like, my mom was always trying to make me, like, I guess, do all those, like, my trenzas. Like, she would do my hair all the time. When I was younger, she, she especially, like, in, like, preschool and kindergarten, she used to do it all the time. She even won an award for, like, because I would have, like, best hair. Yeah. yeah I remember. Yeah. You know, so it was cool. Thing, like, my mom always made sure. She always tells us to this day, so, like, aunque yo me mire folonga, like, all my kids <laughs> are going to look, like, presentable. Yeah. So I think I took on after that mm. still, even, like, as a grown-up yeah. where... I don't care if I'm going to the store. Like, I'm going to get ready. <laughs> it's a whole experience. It's a whole ritual yeah, of getting yeah. ready, you know, doing my hair. So, like, every time I do braids, you know, I always do it with good intentions. And, mm-hmm. like, 
good thoughts yeah. because I don't know. Like for me, my hair is very sacred, mm-hmm. and I just don't let anybody touch my hair. Point blank, period. Even yeah. my mom to this day is the only one who trims my hair. Yeah. She's the only one I let trim my yeah. hair. I don't know energy. <laughs> no, yeah, I've I've heard that um, your hair does hold energy. That's why yeah. a lot of people do like um, like haircuts and stuff because like sometimes your hair holds a lot of like oh, the wow. energy. So sometimes people also do it when like they they go through like breakups because mm-hmm. they're like oh their hair is like holding on to all that so that's why they do all, a lot of that. They shave um, their head and shit. Yeah, I, I want to shave them. my head. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, yeah. uh, even my mom. I remember growing up, my mom always liked when I would grow my hair out. And as a kid, I had it even longer than I had it here. She would always tell me that in her like hometown, the like I don't know the myth or. Or the belief was that men who had longer hair were smarter. So my mom always liked that I had my <laughs> hair longer. Yeah. So that's why I still kind of keep it long. Um, it gets pretty messy. I don't, I don't, I probably don't put as much care as you do, <laughs> but you inspire me to do that now. Yeah. No, I mean, no, me too. I don't, I don't get that, that ready. And especially cause I have a lot of hair for me. It's just like, like always trying to do something my arms just get really really tired and i'm like i feel like my lats have gotten like more <laughs> because i'm always doing like my hair and mm-hmm. stuff but i'm always holding like a ponytail right here yeah, heavy. yeah. yeah. it's a new it's workout heavy. i always get a headache it is a by the end of, by the end of the day i always get a headache Take I'm a always like, <laughs> <laughs> what is it beauty's pain, beauty's pain. <laughs> <laughs> i gotta do that <laughs> that's no, true yeah. but it's cool and then i no, i was thinking about something else where like, I remember my mom would always do my hair, and then sometimes she would forget to do Stevie's hair. So then we were walking out, <laughs> she's like, with her saliva, she's like, oh shit, like, yeah. mijo, no te, no te peine, yeah. no me dijiste. My mom would take forever on you, I remember. Yeah. And then we'd go to, like, middle school, and I'd be, yeah. all, my hair would be all fucked up. Bro, my mom did that for me from, like, like preschool to, like, eighth grade. Like, I, I, never, I never let her, like, stop doing it until, like, high school. But I always was fine with it because I was like, well, while she's doing my hair, I can eat. So I would eat. I would be eating while she's like pulling my hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was fine. And I feel like my mom really enjoyed like doing my hair. Um, so I was kind of like, eh, if, if it's her thing, it's her hobby. You know, she enjoys like playing with my hair. Like I'll let her play for it as long as she can. And then eventually I was in like high school and I was like, no more. Mom. <laughs> I'm going to do my own hair. I now. see there's a, there's a connection, I guess, like what my mothers and daughters in the hair. It's like. It's like a big connection or what? Yeah, well, because yeah. it's kind of like your dolls, you know? Like when uh, you're young, you're playing with your dolls and you like braid their hair. I don't know about like, stuff, like your mom, but my mom, she was not gentle with my oh, hair. Oh, no. Like growing up, it was no. like, <laughs> shoo, yeah. Shoo. Like, That's why I always had like the, she would, she would yeah. always face have lift. it back. Yeah, facelift. <laughs> 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 That's why they, they always thought I was Asian, bro, because my oh, hair yeah, was so yeah. pulled back. That I look Filipino like when my hair is up, dude. Yeah. I've been told before, like, are you Filipino? I'm like, no. No, bro. yesterday we were talk- we were setting up something at work, and it had, like, one of those, like, bolas, and it's like, you, you do it like that? And we were like, bro, do you guys did you guys ever experience when your mom had that bolitas? And it snapped? Yeah, and it snapped <laughs> and hit you right in the head. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah all the time, all the time. That shit hurt. Especially because she's like stretching it, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> imagine it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah it hits you like right on the head. It <laughs> but it was cool. I I want to bring those back. I want to start wearing those again. I wear like them the little, all the, like, I wear them most of the time, like the little white bolita ones. Sometimes right? I just like add like a little accessory yeah. here and there. Yeah, my mom used to buy them at like Los Callejones. Oh really? Yeah. yeah like, so when she are expensive now. Yeah, I've heard right. It, yeah, they're like as expensive as the mall now, right? There's yeah. no deals. Girl, I get so much anxiety going to the callejones. I can't. Yeah. 
I I just I just I don't know. I, I like, like the vibe. I don't know. It's cool. That's me. I eat the hot dogs. They sometimes serve. <laughs> I, I like the vibe. And on a Sunday too, just chilling, walking around. Everyone's always like, they want an LA hot dog, bro. Sometimes I'm, um, I see like the frutas or like the fresas oh, con yeah. crema, and I'm like, bro, I want everything here. <laughs> now you know there's some real Angelinos on the podcast right now. <laughs> I haven't gone in a cool bit. I used to go there all the time with my mom, or we would go like shopping for like yeah, because there would be like discounted stuff. So we would go. But we haven't gone as much anymore. Well, especially since the pandemic, we haven't really gone as much. So, no, but she's right though. It got expensive. It's not. It's not that big of a like a saver, like in money. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that. It's about the same as the mall. Mm. You is just it, go for the vibe. I'm literally telling you, you just go for the vibe. Is it because of TikTok? They blew it up. Maybe. Honestly, or maybe. then again, inflation. TikTok ruins everything. Inflation. So. Inflation too. <laughs> yeah, people gotta make their money. You know, yeah. they gotta they gotta live. So yeah, prices true. go up. True. It, it's the so way it is. Brandon, what's your hair care? My hair care? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I wake well, up. Uh, well, um, <laughs> I haven't. I've actually been trying a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't use shampoo as much. I just use conditioner. And then someone recommended that you're supposed to dry your hair with either like a microfiber towel mm-hmm. or an old T-shirt. Mm-hmm. So I just do that. Or 100% cotton T-shirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I do that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't know <laughs> if, if it works really. But I mean, I do, do it. Do you use oils on your hair? No, but I probably should, right? Mm-hmm. What, what do you recommend? <laughs> Rosemary? Like, yes, I was going to say rosemary mint oil. Yeah. Or like argan oil. Why does my hair look bad? No. Because <laughs> we're all talking about hair and uh, I was like, hey, where's branded? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I try a little bit. Um, but yeah. yeah. Do you guys I ever mean, feel insecure about your hair? I do sometimes. Yeah. Well, because I feel like, I mean, I did straighten it and like curl it myself today. Um, but I, I always get insecure of like, since it's like frizzy. Because I have like wavy curly hair. Yeah. Um and like I also have a lot of hair and especially now since I cut it like it gets bigger, um so sometimes I'm a little like, like if I don't have a perfect curl or like a perfect wave and mm-hmm. then one's like straighter than the other side <laughs> I'm always like man I'm not having a good hair day today I'm always like please every time every single time I'm trying Your to dry hair's it really good though thank you um but yeah every time I'm trying to like dry it I'm like please today today let me have a good hair day. <laughs> let me have a good hair day <laughs> yeah but I also do the the shirt thing because especially yeah. since like I have like wavy curly hair I should be doing that you're supposed to scrunch right? yeah you're you supposed to scrunch like it yeah. yeah you done your research bro but I you haven't done it, done it? <laughs> I, I do do it I dabble uh, I dabble I just don't do the, I don't do the oil yeah. 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 um no yeah I mean a little I was always a little insecure about it because I feel like I had Asian hair so like um when I was a kid how, no matter how I would cut it, it would just fall into a bowl. Mm. And I'd be like, oh. yeah, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't. I also didn't really know what to do with it because mm-hmm. I felt like everybody else's hair just kind of like worked. So I didn't know really what he to says do. With everyone, it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone's hair just kind of worked. So I was always like, man, I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, so, yeah. Bro, it um, definitely feels that way with like anything when you can't get something to work, whether it's like your outfit or like your hair. You're always mm-hmm. like, man, it works for everybody else but right? me. Yeah, the yeah. world's against me. Well, because for me, I always I've always had the thing like, should I have a middle part? Should I have my hair to the side? Like every time I have my hair to the side, it just looks huge. Where I'm kind of like, I think it's just because I'm not used to it. Because I'm always used to having like the middle part, so I'm like, okay, I'll do the middle part. But then like my curls go like a different direction, and I'm like, okay, I don't know. I don't know what to do anymore at this point. I'm like, I'm going yeah. to just shave my head at this I point. I do feel <laughs> like everyone should have a middle part. Just try it, yo. Like, if you feel like mm-hmm. you've been stuck with the side part, like, pretty yeah, much yeah. your whole life, 
probably a middle part. Yeah. It'll change I always had I always had like bangs in like the side part. Me and then too. eventually I was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna do the middle. And then I don't wanna do bangs anymore. So I just have like my side part. And you guys both have middle parts right now. Maybe it means <laughs> something. You guys are like <laughs> spiritually connected. We're connecting. Yeah. <laughs> We're connecting. <laughs> yeah. I relate a lot to what you said too. Your hair was thick. For sure when I was younger, I always wanted to have that like classic like Chicano slick back mm-hmm. where you just like slick it back. I could never have it. It would just like poof back up. Yeah. Do you remember that? And yeah. I would have like the craziest. You gotta like, like blow dry it. Yeah. You gotta really like press it down and put the hairnet in everything. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say you gotta get the hairnet. I would put a beanie, but no, it wouldn't work. No, yeah, my dad. My dad. Well, he has that, and that's what they always try to get me to do. But I felt like I never fit. Yeah. Um, but with his hair, he uses. I don't know if you guys know it. You probably know because you're a model. Uh, they use Murray's. Mer- it's like Murray's, yeah, yeah, Murray's yeah. Uh, wax. That, it's like it holds, cement, dude. dude I'm yeah. not even, like I remember I put it in once when I was a kid. I'm not even joking. It took days to get because <laughs> it's wax. No, like, well, not just water can get it off. No, yeah, it. yeah, it's it's really like thick. Um, so Damn. that's the, the length you got to go to. to <laughs> it's like when you're not using it, you put it like you use it to put posters on the wall. Mm-hmm. Exactly, <laughs> dude. Exactly. Yeah. No, yeah, no, but also like with like I guess curly hair and wavy hair. I was also trying to do my research because you know how they say that there's like. Um, certain like uh, what would you say like products that are put in like shampoos and conditioners yeah. that are not good for like especially if you have curly and wavy hair. So that's why like I don't I don't do oils because I haven't found like a good oil. Um, but I'm gonna use that now. I'm gonna use. I'll, I'll show it? you the one that I've been using and yeah. it's really good. Yeah, for sure. Say it right now for the audience. No, she got no, a oh, no, no, no. <laughs> sponsor. <laughs> no, you're right, you're right, you're right. My she got to sponsor this whole thing first. Yeah, you're and right. Then. Mm-hmm. She's in the gatekeep mm-hmm. until then. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but just a quick note, um, I forgot to mention them. So we got the Michelab. Uh, they sent us a couple samples from them, so we're going to try them out. Um, they're from Oxnard. They're a local uh, Michi Mix company, so you guys should check them out. Their Instagram is... I'm going to do the Instagram. It's the dot Michi dot lab underscore. So y'all should check them out. They're pretty cool. Um, They sent us basically all these for for the free, you know? For the free. For yeah. The free. This is us so live on the show. Yes. Trying it. Mine didn't come with a label, so, so you're going to have to imagine it. Yeah. So uh, not too sure how they do their thing, but they gave us all of these. And one is good for a 12-ounce can so if y'all want to try them out they also do parties so <laughs> just check them out i thought yeah. i thought when i saw them you're supposed to drink them like that i thought it was oh, like, like a shot, shot. Yeah. like a shot well because you know they get you get the little airport bottles yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, they yeah. Send us. and i thought you just wanted or beer. like the the <laughs> little shooter yeah, yeah yeah like the have you guys seen when they do like people do like immunity shots yeah. oh yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah or like ginger yeah. shots, ginger shots yeah. yeah go ahead take it take it like a shot wait so that has no alcohol then no that i don't think so oh that's sour Oh yeah, it's tomato, right? It's tomato, yeah. Yeah. Did you guys? Inherit? I like micheladas. Does your family drink? Like occasionally, my mom. No. No. Don't, not even, at don't all. even get like a drink near her. She'd be like, oh. <laughs> 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 but like my dad here and there, he'll have like a beer, like his michi too. Oh really? Yeah. But he's not a big. You're not a big drinker. To an extent. <laughs> then, yeah. No, my, our, our family a loves social drinking. Drinker. No, bro, my parents. Our family, we're the now. stereotype for sure. <laughs> like, now they do. I feel like, I feel like his Bobby's like, he's like, I feel like I'm the pandemic. Old. I'm getting old. He's like, he's like, I'm gonna just drink. Who's gonna tell me? Yeah, my mom, she'll be like sipping me like a little wine, you know, here mm-hmm. and there. But like, she's a lightweight for sure. Like, mm-hmm. with just oh, yeah. her little glass of wine, she's like, <laughs> yeah. ooh, fun time. <laughs> 
It's kind of funny because uh, do you are you a drinker? Yes. Yeah, uh, I think it's funny because I always um, the old generation because obviously like I said my family fits the stereotype. They drink like modelos or like yeah. you know like classic beer. And then my friends come over. We're drinking like seltzers and stuff. And they're <laughs> oh, I can't do seltzers. No, man. no, I don't like them. What do I you don't drink? like beer in general. For me, it's either like either we're doing straight tequila shots or okay. little like cocktails here and there. I okay. do like a good cocktail. Yeah. Then I can relate to that. Yeah, I I honestly don't like like hard liquor. I'll I'll I'll, t- I'll drink a michelada. Like I'll drink beer here and there. Um, it depends because I remember before I hated beer. Like that shit was like nasty. I don't like, like it's bitter. Stay. You're saying that as you're about to drink a beer. But right I said now, now I oh, like okay. micheladas. Me too. Sure. Just say I get it sure. right. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. What about you, Brandon? Um, I've never really been a big drinker. Uh, I get Asian flush, so I turn bright red and I. Are you Asian? My mom is. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, and uh. Uh, Which by extent means he is too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, I mean, I feel like I can now. I feel like when I was a little younger, it used to get like I couldn't handle it at all. A little bit more recently, I can handle it, but I don't know. I feel a little when I drink around people, I feel like everybody's looking at me because I'm all silly, you know. And it, well, not that. <laughs> <laughs> silly. I, mean, I love saying that. I'm like, when, like my friends and I are having a good time. We're just like, we're just really silly. Yeah. <laughs> silly fun uh-huh. time. Yeah, That's he cute. definitely gets a little silly when. <laughs> No, yeah, but I feel like uh, I don't know. I just feel like everybody's like, oh, "Are you okay?" Because I'm always bright red. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's like thinking I'm gonna pass out. And it feels like I am sometimes. Isn't there something that you could take though? Like, is um, like I know that I've investigated. There's like <laughs> little, there's, there's like little pills that you can yeah. take um, to like lessen it. Mm-hmm. But supposedly the jury's still kind of out whether it's like placebo or not. Um, um, I've always wanted to sense. try it to see, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like I kind of just, just when you take shots, be like, don't turn, don't turn yeah. red today. <laughs> no, just yeah, yeah. <laughs> just tell yourself. That. <laughs> <laughs> That's and why we got to get your tolerance up, bro. We got to drink like more. <laughs> he he yeah. said that he did the the green apple. Was it the smear? Oh, apple ones? the green. Yeah, I like those. those he liked good. those. Yeah. You see, the old, was your dad like shaking his head, looking at you? Um, <laughs> no, I try to keep. If my dad wants to have a drink with me i try my best to keep up but he likes really hard stuff so i'm always yeah. like well because yeah. he's an old school chicano bro yeah he yeah. was probably drinking at like age 15 so <laughs> that's true yeah <laughs> he, was, he was taking 40s or no at the, no. I, the, I don't 40s? think 40s existed no then. No, no my dad's not really a beer guy he's more oh. like liquor like the other day he bought like this what's it called uh it's a form of brandy uh but mm. yeah stuff like that yeah oh. classy i guess when you get older you drink very yeah. classy not my dad dark liquor. not yet dark not liquor, yet. bro that shit fucks you up yeah no it's not good ain't no way <laughs> but hopefully i'm uh, i'm living i'm making um my older family members proud drinking this modelo that <laughs> i would never drink i probably haven't drank a modelo in like Five years, so sponsors Modelo. Yeah, sponsors yeah. Modelo. If it, it, you owe us, right? You owe us. <laughs> you know who would be cool to get sponsored by Corona because they're always drinking it in Fast and Furious. Yeah, uh, but I think Modelo is Dominic Toretto supposed to be Mexican. He is. Yeah, he is. In, so. the, in the movie, I, I, yeah. I never look it up because I want to keep the mystery. He's, a <laughs> <laughs> He's supposed to be some type. Well, because I, I I remember he when they go. Which one's the one where they go to Brazil? Uh, that's five, know, right? five, and he's like, "This is me, familia," and he starts speaking in Spanish. So yeah, I'm like, oh, are you are you supposed to be Latino? I didn't, I didn't know that. I, I, think, like, so. I, think, I think so. I think so. He's, he's in he, LA. Too. I thought he was like Italian, but um, <laughs> no, I, I was kind of giving Jersey a little bit, right? Yeah. Uh, but I feel like the the longer they go on, I'm like, are they implying he's Mexican? 
because uh, they even have like their their carnasadas at the end. Yeah, they do. He's a Mexican icon. That should be the title. Is is uh is Vin Diesel a Mexican icon? <laughs> That's good. That's a good one. Yeah, that'd be funny. Is it good, bro? No, not your vibe. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it um, it's really good actually. It's really good. I hope they sponsor us again. <laughs> no, yeah, it's good actually. Like I, I really don't like modelos like that, but. This is giving it like a whole new flavor. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty like refreshing. Even though the, I I took a little sip, I did taste the tomato. But it's pretty good. But I wanted to ask you, like growing up like in in South Central. And speaking of movies, there's always like this perception, like the media mm-hmm. and music plays of South Central. Would you say it's really like that, or you personally know? Maybe like back then, but I definitely feel like things have calmed down since growing up. But. Glad they could have those like you know mm-hmm. stereotypes. Keep it like that. Like, stay away <laughs> from South Central. Is <laughs> like, it gentrified? Uh, here and I feel like because of like the school USC, like that area, like mm. what is in that area, kind of like um, you do like when you kind of like go over the freeway and stuff, like you do see like the kind of shift in like demographic. Um, well, I know that the Swami that I grew up going to, I heard that USC was the one who bought that swap me and so i think they were going to use it for more housing for their students which really sucked because that was like the swami that like my entire family grew up going to like that's where everyone got their pictures their clothes like for like the parties and stuff like that's where i got my first pair of gold hoops as a baby actually (laughs) so like my parents took me there to like get my first piercings and i still have my baby hoops from there um so like that Swami definitely, like, it hit a little too close to home when we heard that they were closing it down. And they also did it at, like, a really unfortunate time because it was during the pandemic when it closed. Oh. And so, like, but I have I have heard from, like, uh, my family members saying that they're trying to buy it back. So they're trying to reopen it and stuff. I was like, that's going to be a little hard, bro. Yeah. Like, Swami's already, in general, like, people don't go to them as much well, because, like, you know, everything's so online and, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm people figured out like sheen and like all of that stuff where it's even more cheaper and like you could get to your door faster Mm -hmm. so you know i love swamis though like i love swamis i've met a lot of people who who prefer now to online shop like i think they yeah they always talking about like sheen or um asos and then the other one is depop where like people it's kind of like thrifting online oh really yeah no i haven't heard about that depop it's like it's like, it's like a like reselling. Resellers, yeah. But yeah. I hate resellers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't like it's resellers. Like it, no, yeah, it's um, it's like uh, it's like clothing. Like, yeah. or you can sell other stuff. I think you can there, t- right? yeah, you can sell other, so other stuff, but it's majority like stuff that people thrift on yeah. the low, yeah. oh, and then wow. they upsell it. Yeah, oh. so they resell it. They call it reselling, but yeah. it's like it's not reselling yeah. if you're buying a five dollar t-shirt from the thrift store yeah. selling it for thirty five. No, yeah. yeah it, so it, essentially, it's like you know how sometimes you'll find like a cool jacket or something. I like a thrift store for like, like five or ten dollars. Vintage, yeah, like vintage, nineteen seventies. Also, they're just yeah. they're just scamming people. No, right? yeah, well, yeah. well, not even that. But I remember during the pandemic, I think it got bigger during the pandemic yeah. a little bit because um, people were talking about how it's becoming a real issue. Because I mean, a lot of thrift stores, like, yeah, it's cool to thrift because it's like you know recycling and all that stuff. But it's also like um, some that's the only clothes some people can afford. Yeah. yeah, and like when people are going in there buying literally everything and then selling it for like seventy, eighty, a hundred dollars, you know. It kind of messes it up for a lot of people, you know. So that was like a big controversy. Uh, yeah, because like thrift prices are going up. Like yeah. thrift sizes, like when you go to the thrift store, like a shirt's supposed to be like three, maybe five dollars max. Like they're selling shirts now for like ten bucks. Like that's not a thrift 
price, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's a very passionate subject. I am, like, yeah. super... But it's well, going yeah. against what it's, like, standing for, yeah. right? Exactly. Well, that's because people are coming in who don't, quite frankly, need the clothes. Mm-hmm. They're buying a whole bunch of it, and then they're selling it for a bigger price yeah. in the name of, like, reselling and, like, you know, vintage shopping. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. what happened with Goodwill, remember? Or, like, I guess somebody... Posted something about how Google oh the what's it called the bins the bins, the bins. Yeah. well yeah, the, one, yeah. the one that's right there by yeah. the school yeah because yeah. I know Billy Eilish used to go there a lot um, yeah. and people be like oh my god well because I remember one thing you told me about it and there was a huge line like mm-hmm. right yeah. uh, right outside of it and then people had like huge bags of it and it's yeah like the purpose of it is so that like there's other families who like can't afford like you know other type of clothing because they charge you by like what the, the pound? pound yeah pound. so yeah. some people I remember I remember going there when I was in high school and like. It's crazy because, like, when they bring out a new bin, they just swarm it and mm-hmm. stuff it in a bag. Uh, and then, obviously, they go through it later and resell it. But, yeah. I saw a, a TikTok of it recently. And, like, the people, the employees in there have, like, whistles now. So, they, like, whistle to tell people to, like, line up and, like, go around it. Damn. And they have a whistle when they can tell you to go in. Damn. And it's crazy because there was, like, a guy who was, like, analyzing the footage. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, you could tell by these guys how they're dressed that they're not low income. They're people who are just there yeah. to buy clothes and then yeah. resell them online. And they're the ones who are going even harder than the people who are probably just there to buy clothes. Yeah, it's that's crazy. Trippy. Well, I guess that's why I bring up South Central, right? Because I guess the media and the movies, it's pretty dated, like, what's going on there. Yeah. So, like, do you know anything? How's the neighborhood? Like, Well, like, oh, well, I grew up, like, on Avalon. So Avalon is a pretty, like, well-known street in South Central. Um, so now it's, like, a little bit chill, you know? Like, I'm still able to walk down the streets and stuff. Like, obviously, like... I feel like anywhere you have to be careful. Yeah. Um, but you know what I have been noticing more is that a lot of events are being held in South Central now. Like a lot of like um, art shows, a lot of like night markets and stuff like oh, they're wow. being hosted in South Central. To a certain extent, I like because a lot of the people who are hosting it are also locals or like know about the culture too. Like they're just taking up the warehouse space. Mm-hmm. But where I have, like, a confliction of it is then, like, well, then now you're inviting people who are not part of the culture, who are not from the hood, like, South Central or, like, neighboring cities as well, coming into, like, in and thinking that, like, you know, they're very entitled to it. Yeah. Mm. And I hate that. I hate, like, when people come in who aren't from, like, my neighborhood feeling entitled to the space. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, do you need to respect the people here. You need to respect the city, first of all. And I don't know, just, like, be respectful. No, yeah. Like, Mind your manners. Yeah, yeah, we talk about all the time on the mm-hmm. show that like gentrification is like the modern day colonization because it's just like a bunch of like white folk come in and they take up our space and then they erase like murals telling history of people who have been here yeah. for a long time, decades and decades. So and I, I feel that hundred percent. Well, like you know what's trippy is that so I moved about two times in my like in my whole life. So I used to be down like Adams and San Pedro in South Central, and then we moved to like Forty Second and Avalon. And that whole street, all I know is, like, just brown folk, black folk, just everyone there. And then, like, recently, um, my cousin, she used to still live on that street. And she told us, like, a while ago, she was like, oh, you know, like, a white couple moved in, like, a couple houses down. And that house used to be owned by, like, this old black lady. And we're just like, why why are y'all here? Like, Mm -hmm. why do we here? yeah. I get that, too. I mean, if we look at even our neighborhood, the one we grew up in, we're basically, like, the last ones or, like, the still, like, the, the indigenous, the like, Mexican-American, yeah. like, uh, family. Our whole street used to be Mexican-Americans. Mm-hmm. By the time that we moved to, we were the last people on that street who were 
I think the only people who were were uh, all the way at the end, right on the bottom. But for the most part, we had we basically saw it because then when we we moved out, we basically saw like the end of like that legacy that was there. So I don't know. It's 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 tricky. It's it's pretty sad. I don't know. It's really sad. Yeah. Yeah. I think I don't know. I mean, I I I hope that like uh, and we could like make like facilities that like would help like people who are like in our communities to kind of like get more resources because I think a, a lot of the reason why like our communities kind of like fall out because people aren't aware of like a lot of resources that we actually have whether that's like uh, maybe like intentional you know maybe the city does that but I don't know I I, yeah. I wish we could do more about it yeah that's what I'm always like I I'm always more of like what can we do with that because I mean it it's sad to see like even in our own neighborhood and we've seen other neighborhoods around here like like Highland Park and all that stuff um and, like, to see that our own neighborhood is kind of, like, I guess getting that part of it is kind of, like, man, like, it's, like, well, cause it's, it's like, what what is it that they don't understand? Or, like, how is it at least to make them understand, like, their effect to the to the neighborhood and to the community? Yeah, but know? it's also, like, how we're talking about the thrifting and how everything's raising in, like, price. It's, like, well, they're also being pushed out just because, like, of inflation and, like, the uh, everything just becomes more expensive. I mean... I talk about it all the time on the old show when we did the radio about how I didn't like the mayor for L.A. because he continuously pushes for just the rich people to move in yeah. and people who have lived here for a long time to kind of get the fuck out. Um, and, like, that's where I think, like, it, it sucks, but, like, I think it, it all starts, obviously, with whoever is in charge of L.A. City constantly, like, implementing policies that put us at a disadvantage. Yeah. Um, but before I go on around about like policies, <laughs> just going back more about like your modeling, um, I was interested too because since we're talking about perceptions of, of things, uh, the perception of like models is that you guys are always you know like confident and like feeling good on camera. Would you say that that's true to your experience and to like some of your coworkers? Like, are you guys always just like fully confident on camera, feeling good? Oh no! Like, there's definitely been moments where I'm just like, oh my god! Like, it's just. Um, so, like, for me, um, I've been put in, like, certain outfits and stuff where I maybe don't feel the best because, for me, like, my mantra is kind of, like, if I look good, I feel good. Mm. And, like, even though, like, the makeup's bomb and, like, the hairstyle's bomb, if, like, what they dress me in is, like, I'm not really comfortable, it's maybe not something that I would, like, kind of navigate towards to, I just, it, it'll have to kind of work a little extra hard for me to, like, kind of fake it till I make it. Mm. So... Like, I don't think it's a confidence issue. I think it's more of just, like, how much energy you're exerting to, like, you know, make it look good and stuff. Um, I know that, like, for a lot of the cosmetics brands that I worked with, sometimes they have you do video. And so video, you have to put in so much energy into it, like, super smiley and, like, yeah. super, like, movements. And, like, you kind of have to improv a lot of the stuff that you do. And so there's moments where after like a 10 hour day you know you still have to like you're still, the last thing you have to do is go do video after you've kind of like went through so many makeup looks so many hairstyles already many outfit changes and you're like kind of burnt out towards the end and then you have to get to video you have to like just shake that all off and be like okay one last thing and then you know yeah. so there's definitely been moments where i'm just kind of like running on fumes and i'm like okay just have to do this one thing and then i'm out that's it. It's but a job it, at the end of the day. True, yeah. Yeah. What, what do they say? Nobody likes their job at the end of the day. Anybody who does <laughs> is lying. Who said that? Oh, that's uh, Jokic said that. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Basketball. Yeah, yeah. yeah basketball. <laughs> I don't know if you guys watch basketball. But uh, what would you, 
when you guys are ever feeling like in a funk like you and models like uh, you guys ever feeling insecure what's like a thing that gets you out of it well like for me when i'm in a funk or like i just like right now i kind of took a break from modeling because of school i kind i like to get ready so even mm. if it's just like do my makeup or like getting a nice outfit that's kind of what helps me get out of my funk it's like the little ritual that i have where i'm just like okay what's in my closet like what can i mix and match I love accessorizing stuff. I want to add, like, a gold hoop or, like, ribbon in my hair, you know, some, like, the little, like, bolitas and stuff. Just little things like that that kind of makes me feel better and kind of, like, you know, look in the mirror. Okay, you look good. Let's (laughs) let's go out and tackle this world. Even if you're not doing anything, right? Exactly. You're just going to watch Netflix, like, on your TV Exactly. I'm looking cute, you know? Like, (laughs) just, I think that's what helps me get out of the funk is just, like, doing my little rituals. That's cool. That's cool. Julie, you said you had uh, brought some some interesting things, right? You made us take a test earlier. Oh, yeah. So I made the guys take their five love languages test. Um, What was the reason? Why did you make me take exams? (laughs) Take a quiz? Yeah. (laughs) Was it right or wrong? What what was your score? My score? Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, So I'm third. Well, I guess my primary love language is words of affirmation. That's your top one. Yeah, it's. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. me too. <laughs> oh, really? <Yeah. laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> What's your percentage? What's your percentage um, on it, though? I'm 33% words of affirmation. Oh, wow. 27% quality time. 17% oh. physical touch. 17% acts of service. And 7% receiving gifts. So that's your last one, receiving mm-hmm. gifts. Yeah. All right. Oh. What that's about funny. you, Stevie? Uh, mine is uh, <laughs> my highest one is quality time. My second one is receiving gifts. My tw- uh, my third one is uh, words of affirmation. My seventeen percent is acts of service, and then my last one is physical touch. Yeah. yeah. So, wait, so say it again. Your first one was quality quality time. time then receiving gifts. Then words of affirmation. Then acts of service. Then last one is physical touch. Physical touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and guess I don't you like said you had yours, right? Yeah, I, I took one like a while ago. Um, so my first one is acts of service. The second one is, I want to say, quality time. Mm-hmm. The third one is words of affirmation. The fourth one was, was it quality time? I think it's... Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably. I think quality time might be switched with third. But my last <laughs> one was physical touch. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, don't touch me. I'm trying, I'm trying <laughs> to get better with physical touch. But, oh no, I get okay. overwhelmed. Okay, yeah. so my my... My top one is words of affirmation, and then I have receiving gifts, quality time, acts of service, and my last one is physical touch. Wow. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> you, you and me had the second one is, is receiving gifts, and then our last ones are both uh, physical touch, and we're related. So what does that mean? At least um, that's how our family, like, that's like our love language. They didn't, they yeah. they didn't yeah. hug us that much. Yeah, because yeah, I was, you know, it's funny. Or they I, hugged us too much that we're like, we don't yeah. like physical touch anymore. It's funny too, because as I was taking the quiz, I whenever it gave me like physical touch things, mm-hmm. I kept thinking of my, my brother, my older brother. I remember he used to always do this thing where he would pat me on the back. And like, I hated it. Like, I hated it so mm-hmm. much. And I so like now whenever anybody 
like gives me like a, a shoulder rub like even if it's just to say like what's up or like to be like are you good bro i'm always like bro like don't touch don't me, touch me. <laughs> he's getting aggravated <laughs> just the thought of it, he's thought of it. <laughs> it's funny too because sometimes i'm comforting my friends like my friends are sad and and i'm doing that like i'm and like they say like oh i feel yeah and they feel good about it and i'm like that's funny because if you did that to me i'd be like bro like get your hand yeah. off me no yeah <laughs> I forget what they say, but they say, I think, like, the the ones your top are usually because it's the things that you, I guess, didn't get. Um, so wow. words of affirmation, it's kind of like, oh, they never really said. <laughs> 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 so, like, words of affirmation is kind of like they never said, like, oh, they're proud of you. Or, I'm proud like, of you, Julie. You know, oh, Christ. <laughs> quality time. Or, like, receiving We're here. gifts, you know. Yeah, like, quality time, like. You know, they didn't they didn't spend that much time with you. <laughs> Access service, they didn't do like stuff for you, like doing your laundry or like doing your dishes or whatever. Uh, physical touches, yeah, like they didn't hug you enough. Yeah. For acts of services, I think it's a hyper independency for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I had looked at other stuff to, I guess, for people to know if your friends or significant others um, have these type of qualities, what you should do. So for receiving <coughs> gifts, for <laughs> for receiving or giving gifts, uh, the language is about giving the other person your undivided attention. Signs they may be your loved one. Enjoys giving gifts. Remember special occasions. Um, often sentimental to material things. Uh, displays gifts given to them. So they're like, oh, look, they got me. <laughs> uh, try to do these things. So give souvenirs when you travel. So get them a souvenir. If you know that their top one is receiving gifts or giving them, mostly receiving, uh, get them a souvenir. Uh, Be intentional on celebrating special occasions. So remember that one. Uh, Surprise them with things they like. Uh, Give small, inexpensive tokens when they don't feel their best. Mm -hmm. Uh, For acts of services. So signs this may be your loved one. Does chores for you. Cooks food. Cooks you food, runs your runs your errands if you need something. Make sure supplies are in full stock. Try to do these things. Fetch them school, fetch them from school or work. Cook their favorite meal. Offer help on chores. Make them coffee or tea. Make them breakfast, or ask what can I do for you? How can I help you? That last part. Acts <laughs> of service. So if that's your top, mm-hmm. um, if your top is quality time. Signs this may be your loved one, loves to plan getaway trips, loves one-on-one moments, plans your dates beforehand, enjoys talking to you personally, loves doing things together. And then the try to do things is is show, show up, give your undivided attention, set movie or dinner dates, take a walk in the park, limit phone usage when you're with them, and make eye contact. So quality time, you know? Yeah. It's quality time. Uh, and then words of affirmation. Uh, they love receiving compliments. They seek validation from others. They express their feelings openly. They are quick <laughs> to reciprocate compliments. Just like <laughs> things. Christ. Try to do these things. Write letters. I love letters. Uh, just to let anyone know, I love letters. I love writing letters. Mm-hmm. I love writing letters. I'm too. the one writing the letters. Yeah. I love doing that. Mm. Uh, let them know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write you a letter, friend. <laughs> Uh, <coughs> let them let them know that you are with them on their success and struggles. Give compliments. Initiate heart to heart talks. Assure them that everything will be okay. Uh-huh. 
Everything's cool. So words of cool. affirmation. Mm-hmm. Everything's cool. And then physical touch. Um, they love holding your hand, love hugging, love sitting beside you, love kissing you, often clingy, lovey, napping on your shoulder. Um, try to do these things. Offer a hug tight after a long day. Offer a massage. Uh, avoid giving cold affection. Create a, a handshake for both of you. Give lots of hugs and kisses. Give them a pat on the back during a tough time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those were all. <laughs> wow. I always think of a. Well, this also made me think of like other things because since. So I usually always go off like my top three, okay. which are like words of affirmation, receiving gifts, and quality time. And I feel like, because uh, it's love languages, right? That's how you kind of receive. But I think that's also how you give. So, like, for me, I tend to do a lot of, like, I, I tend to always give people things. So, like, if there's something that I see and it reminds me of them, I give it to them. Um, sometimes I feel like I wish their reaction was a little better because I feel like since that's, like, my love language, I, I sometimes wish that, like, no, maybe it's you. not their be, love language. It's, yeah, it's not their yeah. love language. They're yeah. more as, like, physical physical touch and that's like my bottom so it's like (laughs) so it's like we're like the opposite right so weird because then you kind of have to learn their love language Mm -hmm. like vice versa yeah which was funny because uh my boyfriend i think his are like quality time physical touch (laughs) and i forgot what else and i'm like bro those are like my bottom (laughs) 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 so sometimes when i when I, cause I made him like take the quiz earlier on in our relationship. <laughs> and so, cause I was just curious. Yeah. Cause like I already knew mine, but I was just curious. And when his were like quality time and physical touch and like mine were like my bottom ones, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to try. So like sometimes, cause I know he's like physical touch, like I'll, I'll hold his hand or something. Like when we're like sitting next to each other. You're like, I'll I guess. Him. I guess <laughs> I'll hold your hand. <laughs> 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 but I also realized that like, uh, I tend to do a lot more of like my own thing where like I'll do the words of affirmation where like if we're like working or like we've had long days because we work together too. Um, I'll be like, oh, I'm proud of you or like you're doing a good job. Like I know you've been it's been mm. a long week and like shit <laughs> hit the fan a couple of times. Like you're doing good, and you know, like <laughs> <laughs> it's OK. It's what okay. is it? What is it? You said the top three. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I have four because my third one's tied. So okay, what, what are they again? What's your number one? My number one is words of affirmation. <laughs> okay. My number two is quality time, and then third place is both physical touch and acts of service. Acts of and service. And last place mm. is gifts. Gifts. I'll I do my like best, I Brandon. People, I'll do my best. I give bro. people gifts. <laughs> What, but what do they you give, give you gifts? <laughs> um, I feel like <laughs> 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 he's hurting. <laughs> I want more of all of these. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm, just I'm, just I'm proud of you, Brent. Thank you. Thank You've been you. doing great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right, come on. Right. Right. Enough, <laughs> start no, crying. get him blushing. No, yeah. No, the other one that I think that applies to, I guess, kind of like words of affirmation. Is I feel like another connection that I have is to music. So I feel like if somebody is like, this song reminded me of you. I made you a playlist. Yeah, I made you a playlist, bro. Straight, straight into my heart, bro. Straight into my heart. Like, my friends do that all the time, too. They're like, I I saw this. I heard this song and it reminded me of you. Bro, instantly, I like it, no matter what. Yeah, (laughs) even if it's like the worst thing you've ever heard. (laughs) No matter what. I always, I always end up liking it. Um. (laughs) But yeah, it's cool. I guess it's cool to also show that, like, if you guys now that you guys know your love languages, that's how you can show that how you express yourself in a way, and then 
you know, with your friends or with your significant others. It's a it's a lot of different ways to kind of like express yourselves. And a little bit more to be understanding that like so for example, how I said like I'm not a physical touch person. So I guess like my boyfriend can be a little more understanding that it's like not my thing or like like you know, I also hate like PDA. <laughs> yeah. Like I hate uh, like yeah. showing affection. Uh, out yeah, like you mentioned PDA, I'm just like <laughs> I'm like, ooh. It's weird. It's just weird that because I feel like I kind of grew up seeing like people kind of do that. And I always felt uncomfortable that I feel like I don't want to do that to another person now that I am in a relationship. Um, so it's a lot of more like when you're in a relationship, yeah. just being understanding of each other, how you guys kind of like show your love and affection to each other. Um, so now you guys know. Now you guys yeah. know what you guys are. Interesting. Yeah. Very oh, interesting. Wow, Any questions? <laughs> no, that was beautiful, bro. That was beautiful. Uh, Brandon, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you brought for this week? Oh, sure. Um, I guess uh, before I do that, I did have a couple questions for you, if that's okay. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask, like, I know because me and Steve wanted to get into uh, the film industry. A lot of like a big issue that tends to come up is like people of people of color. You know, there's tends to be like a lot of stereotypes when it comes to like inclusion. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you, have you ever experienced any form of stereotypes in terms of modeling and stuff? Yeah. Um. Well, see, it's funny because um. So I do kind of tend to get a little pick and choosy with who I want to work with. I think that's one of the good things about being a freelance model is that you kind of get to say yes or no to whoever you want to. I mean, sometimes for the check, you got to do it, you know. (laughs) But, um, you know, I did do this shoot for this one brand. um, And it was like a time period shoot. It was very like 90s Chicano. And so it it was a pretty cool idea and stuff. But, you know it's kind of weird when you have the whole creative team be white and then like they're dressing you like the stylists were amazing like they 100% understood they did they did their research to a t and that's what I appreciate because they knew what's up and they were respectful but it was a little awkward when you know I have very visible fluffy eyebrows they wanted the like the old school thin eyebrow like chola look nothing wrong with that but it's like girl if you wanted someone with like thin brows you should have casted someone with thin brows because they try to like cover up my brows and they just like pencil through it like a thin line it did not look good and they were referencing like you know if you search up like 90s chola makeup on google Mm -hmm. the first two photos that like comes up is what they use as like a makeup reference so i could kind of tell that like oh you guys are being stereotypical because you know you found like the first two pictures on Google probably and like that's what you went with and it just wasn't good and I and it's like moments like that where it's a little bit scary where you have to advocate for yourself Mm -hmm. even though like you know it's a very big brand and like you know they are paying you pretty well but you're not gonna be looking crazy either you know like you're not gonna this is like a big shoot you know Mm -hmm. this isn't just like something people are doing for like pennies and stuff like it's your face is going to be on a website. Yeah. It's most likely going to be, like, on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to tell them. And I have to tell them, like, hey, I'm not comfortable with this. This isn't me, first of all. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys knew I have very big brows. And you're trying to, like, do something that it's, it's just not there. So, for me, it was just, like, if you wanted someone who looks like that, then maybe do the casting and, you know, look for someone who fits that criteria that you need. But, like, I came in here with a certain look, 
and you guys are trying to change it to fit like some sort of narrative and that's what i don't appreciate because mm-hmm. then it's just like you're doing a disservice not only to the people who actually have that look but it's a disservice to me as well because you guys are just like choosing the f- probably the first brown person that you saw like on the casting list and then like running off on that yeah and just like trying to fit like trying to like shift me into like what you want to see, like, on a camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's like they no, could have just mean, done it better. I, I feel like that's kind of rude because it's just saying that, like, uh, it kind of goes back to the stereotype, like, oh, you guys are all the same anyways. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So it's like, what, what does it matter? Like, I'll get you, like, the first, like you said, the exactly. first person I see. And so, like, I knew a majority of the people who were also on that, like, set with me, the talent specifically. And the entire time we were just like, how are these people going to tell us about, like, our own culture and stuff like it's so weird how like after we got into like wardrobe and stuff they had us like lined up and just think of like hella brown people lined up Mm -hmm. and then like surrounding them as like a whole creative team of like white people just looking at and be like "Mm, she doesn't look like like being enough or like no like "Mm, she doesn't look like cholo enough or like "Mm," it's just like looks a little familiar yeah (laughs) i'm just like what are you talking about like what And some of the people that were on set were just, like, very much in that culture. So for, like, you know, white people to tell them, like, they're not enough of, like, what you're trying to portray is just, like, so disrespectful. Yeah. And it just left a really bad taste in our mouths. And it's just because it's, like, it's a very nice brand, too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. hey, man, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, even for me, I mean, it was never anything in, in that similar sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, when we wanted to get into film, I was a freshman in college. And my first project I ever worked on, I was a PA, uh, and I went, it was, uh, the shoot actually in South Central was by USC. USC was the one who was doing mm-hmm. it. Um, and I show up for the PA, and uh, I'm waiting there by the, like, truck bed where they're keeping all the equipment. Right. Because um, that's what they told me to meet. Um, and I remember th- this guy who was there. At the time, I didn't know, but he's the director. At the time, I didn't know. He just keeps, like, side-eyeing me, like, he keeps looking at me. Uh, and then finally, the person who hired me for, to be a PA, the producer, uh, she sees me and she's like, oh, hey, Steve, like, I'm glad you can make it. Uh, I was like 18. And the director's like, oh, like, you're a PA. I thought you were I thought you were a gang member. I thought you were here to steal all the equipment. Damn. And I was like, I always thought it was crazy because I was like, I, I was wearing I was wearing. Well, obviously, I'm an 18 year old. My first time on the set. I like I'm just like, oh, like, damn, like, I didn't know what to do. You know, I was I'm, and I'm sure a lot of people are sharing that experience of like, you know, it's your job. And like you said, like sometimes it's something really big. And you don't want to be the one to be like, oh, I'm going to be rude and then like possibly lose out, right? Mm-hmm. At the time, I was like, bro, like what? Like I'm wearing a, a, a Cal State Fullerton shirt. Like what mm-hmm. would make you think? Is it because you saw my face? Like you saw yeah. my features? You just think we're all somehow like that because mm-hmm. we're in South Central? Yeah. I don't know. I always think about that too. So, And, and I get why he brought up the question because, I mean, you, it's an experience that we all unfortunately experience. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in regards to the film industry, I don't know much about it, but, like, my younger brother, he's a he's a film student right now. He's mm-hmm. doing a film fellowship with Ghetto Film School. I don't know if you're familiar with Ghetto Film School, um, but they're essentially, like, a, a film school program that high school students are able to join for three years, like, as a fellowship. Oh, wow. And so it's a rigorous course of, you know, like, college-level, like, hands-on experience that you get to make films, you get to meet with a lot of directors and producers, and so my brother has learned a lot, and my brother is also very visibly brown. And so he's kind of been navigating a space where he also has, like, fellow brown and black, you know, peers. But there's also, like, you know, here and there, like, you do have, like, white peers as well who, like, sometimes don't get it. Mm-hmm. And my brother's point is that 
he's also trying to take up space. My brother does identify as a Chicano director, and he does identify as, like, being brown, and, like, he doesn't just want to do um, films that, like, kind of portray a lot of us in, like, stereotypical ways. Yeah. It's almost similar to, like, Jordan Peele, where he just wants to do, like, comedy, or he just wants to do, like, sci-fi. Mm-hmm. My brother just wants to do projects that he likes to do. Yeah. And I think, like, I'll get you in contact with my brother and stuff because he knows, like, a lot of pretty cool people. And, like, a lot of his friends also work with, like, other centers that, you know, target people who also want to get into filmmaking. Oh, wow. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Wow, live on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my brother's super cool. He's going to be like, oh, okay. I'm sure he is, I'm cool. But my brother's super cool and he's super talented. Well, have him on the pod. Have him. He'll talk about it. He loves anything film and movies. No. You kind of like, you guys should talk to him. That's cool. Yeah, you Definitely. should. He's so dope. He's like 18 years old. But you reminded me of him when you said he, you were 18, like as a PA. Yeah. My brother's 18 now, and he's like going to Jersey for like two, for two weeks because oh, they're going to wow. teach him how to do films and stuff and like networking. Yeah. So That's there cool. you go. That's one thing. Network. Yeah, yeah. totally. Definitely. Even if you might get annoying like in DMs and stuff with people you want to work with, just keep doing it. Because what's the worst that can happen? They say no. I always say rejection is redirection. So. Wow. Nice. Dropping bars. Because, I mean, that even goes for our audience, people who listen or watch. Like, it goes for anybody if you guys want to take up space, you know, take an opportunity. I always tell you, right? I always, like, I always felt like we're put at a disadvantage, so we got to make sure that we make the moves that most people wouldn't make. Exactly. And even, like, I think people's biggest fears are being told no. But honestly, like, being told no is the best thing that could happen because then you're just like, all right, on to the next. Mm-hmm. And just keep it pushing. Like, yeah. I always tell my brothers that, hey, my, this one didn't work out. Okay, cool. What are you going to do? Like, be sad about it for a little bit. Cool. But, mm-hmm. hey, man, you, you can't get ignored with being stuck. You just got to keep it going. Yeah. And then, like I said, rejection is redirection. Yeah. Yeah. So bar bar snap <laughs> <laughs> i try i try i'm learning a lot <laughs> um i think that's a good segue for my topic i was trying to you guys kept bringing it up during the podcast and i was very happy because i was you were like, itching well because i was worried that i was worried that he <laughs> <laughs> was eating you up I, I was worried that this was gonna be like i guess before we did the podcast i was worried it was gonna be too out of left field and i was gonna feel a little out of place but i was fighting for my life to not talk about it um, okay go ahead <laughs> Uh, so this part's for the real. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you guys know that you guys have heard about the movie uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? You know what that I movie is? I love yeah. that movie. Did you know that that movie is kind of, uh, it serves as a metaphor for the for East Los Angeles and the Mexican experience of East Los Angeles? I think really? I have heard of that, actually. Yeah. Please really? elaborate. Yeah, yeah, yeah please that? elaborate. No, <laughs> I have not. Because no. I I'm, love that movie. Not going to lie, it's one of my favorites. I've I'm never, so, I've so never heard of that. Um, well, I, so good. I remember. Like, I recommend watching it. Yeah, you should watch it. if you. I've seen it. it. I've seen oh, it, but I've never, never heard of that. that. Oh, yeah. God, I got it. So as I mentioned before, I've been reading this book um, by Rodolfo Acuna. I hope mm-hmm. I'm saying his name right. It's called Anything But Mexican, uh, okay, if you guys ever want to read it. I'm trying to educate myself to keep up with these two. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but uh, oh, that's a really good thing. Yeah, affirmation. There you go. Thank wow, you. I, know. I feel love. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I, when when I was reading this, I, I remember it sounded so familiar, and I'm surprised you didn't know because I thought I was like, did Steve tell me this, or where did I hear this? Because I feel like this sounds so familiar. Um, so I guess a little bit of setup, right? Um, you guys were talking about how, like, uh, especially you, you were talking about it's hard and like. Uh, you really enjoy taking up space because it's like 
you know, it's building and reminding that there is history and like your representation. And um, uh, in the book, he talks about how uh, uh, most Angelinos, specifically Mexicans and Latinos, have very little sense of history. Um, and he, he brings up this, it, he calls it, it a simple equation. If it is not in English, it's not worth learning. And if it's not American history, meaning the experience of white Americans, it's not worth reading. Um, so when you guys were talking about, uh, what did you guys bring up earlier? Earlier? Uh, oh, I was saying that like a lot of people don't know about how Mexican-Americans have indigenous like roots. Yeah, yeah. So he, he was talking about how like, like that's very true that uh, like a lot of people when they when they hear about like, you know, the real Los Angeles like uh, history, they're all like, nah. like nobody yeah. takes the time to really like, uh, you know, learn it. And he talks about how there's like a for him it's kind of like because obviously it's a metaphor but he's saying like it's because everybody's too busy driving by that nobody slows down to smell the refried beans he <laughs> says that in the book i'm done um yeah <laughs> I'm okay done. And he, he, he talks about how uh like until recently in east la and like in south central um they didn't offer like required college courses so like it was pretty hard to like learn the history to begin with you mm-hmm. know um and because los angeles is a really big like it's pretty vast yeah um, and that there's not really like cheap transportation, especially now, or like reliable uh, public transportation. Mm-hmm. Mexicans always had to like live near work. So he goes on to say that like the community was always very dispersed. Mm-hmm. And because it's such a big like county, uh, a lot of people didn't really have contact with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says that up until like the fa- the past 50 years, Mexicans were so scattered that it really impeded the growth of a united community, which is why there's a lot of, like, disjointedness. And, like, it, it, I wanted to jump in when you guys are talking about, like, Latino and Chicano. And he talks about, like, how he feels that's a big part of why nobody really knows what to call themselves because there's not, like, there's not, like, a united, like, community yeah. that exists in, like, other, like, uh, cities and stuff like that. But uh, <coughs> Sorry. No, you're good. Um, and then he talks about how, like, uh, bef- uh, before freeways showed up, you know, um, you, Los Angeles had like a great like uh, streetcar system, kind of like San Francisco, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of like one of the few forms where people kind of rubbed elbows with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's like public transportation, you got to see like other parts of the city, you know. Yeah. Um, and when that disappeared, that like that further that that further like divided people, mm-hmm. you know. Um. What's that like? Would you do you agree like that people are kind of like that? Because you went to San Francisco and mm-hmm. like you really like the public transportation over there, right? Yeah. Well, I I mostly like taking like the the bus and the train a lot because over there they have the Muni, which is like a a train that goes around like the city, so you get to see a lot of the parts of the city. So it even goes um, in like neighborhoods sometimes. So like you get to see like the different neighborhoods and like it. It takes you, like, from school to, like, all the way to downtown, which is kind of, like, I don't know what it would be here, um, like, for you to, like, imagine. But it's technically, like, say you were to catch, like, the train or the bus here, and it'll take you to, like, downtown. Um, it's kind of like that. It's just, like, super chill, super easy kind of thing. Um, I didn't really, like, talk to a lot of people there. I mean, I would see, like, the, the locals a lot more there and stuff, but I wouldn't really, like, be as talkative to them but it was more like i would see a lot more of the city and like the scenery um i liked it a lot because i feel like when i drive i don't really get to just watch or like people watch sometimes it's usually just like i'm more attentive mm-hmm. of like 
don't crash into someone yeah. and that's why i'm like especially when people don't know how to drive where i'm always like complaining about it yeah. um because i'm just like i can't i need to be because some people just drive crazy and it's yeah. just like i need to be more attentive of like those crazy drivers but when i'm like on a train or a bus and the buses too it takes you in within neighborhoods too because even um there's a bus that goes around the neighborhood that's around campus um and it generally just takes you to every stop and then it goes all the way to like the mall and like all that stuff so it's just like a really nice time to just sit and like especially because you're like okay i'll get there like in 15 20 minutes i'll just chill and just watch and then i know my stop so i'll just like get off and then and then i could just walk (laughs) and i could imagine back in the day when they had street cards nobody really had phones yeah so like you could talk to somebody you know like who wasn't from your neighborhood so i imagine it did kind of build and it's cool because i mean when i would do that i would be listening to my music so i'd be like listening to my music and like i'd be like watching like and it, and it over there it's like super like naturey and stuff so like the scenery is really nice and like just the neighborhoods overall like the houses you guys have seen like they're super colorful and like just the architecture overall is just like different from like here so you're more observant of like what you're seeing there and you're just like wow like this is cool never and it's i don't know it gives me a lot of like a small city vibe yeah um so it was always cool like just sitting there and and especially because i always had to travel to like different parks because I, I worked for the city so it was more of like just doing transportation through that and it was really cool i got to see a lot of the city and stuff definitely so, yeah. definitely but i wish they had that here yeah i really well, wish we, they had that we here. used to and like <laughs> um uh continuing off getting off to the roger rabbit part right uh the the author goes on to say that like a film that captures the tale of Mexicans and the, the, the freeway really well is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, and to give you the, a quick synopsis of, uh, of Who Framed Roger, Roger Rabbit, if you haven't seen it, uh, the, main, the main point of the story is that this fictional transit company buys the, uh, the Pacific Electric System, which is the, the, the trolleys and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, wants to build like a freeway on Toontown. Um, and then the main villain, uh, Judge Doom, the guy who played by uh, uh, Doc Brown, yeah, uh, he 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 frames Roger Rabbit uh, for a murder so that he can destroy Toontown and build a freeway. Mm-hmm. Um, and based on that, you can very much see that like the tunes are kind of like uh, a euphemism. Is that the right word? Yeah, or, yeah a, a euphemism so. or a metaphor for uh, for Latinos and how because like if you look in the past, Latinos have that's like a real thing that happens all the time. Chavez Ravine is like a great example yeah. where um, Latinos are, are um, rounded up and kicked out um, in favor of freeways yeah. and um, price uh, choice like buildings and stuff like that. I thought that was really fascinating because I was like that always kind of went over my head mm-hmm. that that was kind of the intention of Who Framed Roger Rabbit mm-hmm. was to kind of portray like the shadiness of Los Angeles. Now that kind of happens. But yeah, interesting. Well, because it's reliving oh. history, right? Because it. Uh, that's what happened in L.A., right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I think Boyle Heights, too. If you look at the history, I think in Pasadena, one of the freeways, it might be the 110. I, I think it ends right at Pasadena, and but it should have gone through. Have you ever heard of that? No, I haven't. Yeah. That they, the only reason they didn't is because at the time when they made the freeway, all the people who lived around Pasadena petitioned not for it to happen, even though the same thing happened in Boyle Heights, and they didn't care. They just bulldozed through Boyle Heights' houses. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that? I haven't. Yeah, yeah it's, that's an old one. That's a super they old one. Still, I don't know about that. yeah. I remember I saw a TikTok about it, and they're saying that the people who who protest for it are still alive, and like oh, wow. they still protest about it. Of like they don't want the freeway, the freeway through Pasadena like that. Because well, I think uh, it, 
yeah, right there. Every year, I think LA is still trying to connect the freeway that's in Pasadena, mm-hmm. but they win every single year because everybody over there can lobby because they have a lot of money. Yeah. No, um, but like, what's what's interesting? Like, I guess continuing no, ahead, ahead. continuing to your point is um, he brings up. He goes, uh, "Sorry if this is very quote heavy. I just thought it was <laughs> it was very. Uh, I good. thought it was very powerful." Um, he talks about how like Los Angeles's past addiction to urban renewal projects resulted in the dispersal of Mexicans throughout the city and of working class renters. And he goes on to point out that because at the time there wasn't really like a concentrated uh, community of, his, of Mexicans, uh, they didn't seem very threatening to like the to Euro Angelinos. So when they would do this, there wasn't like there wasn't it, you know, there, there wasn't like a big like community to be like, hey, like, get the fuck out of here. It just seemed like, oh, it's just like a few families like get them the fuck out of here. Who cares? Yeah. You know, I thought that was really interesting. And um, he talks about how this continuous uprooting of of these families and communities has diminished uh community consciousness and like that's that's pretty interesting because it's like well yeah right because like if these people you knew like down the road got kicked out i don't know the people who just moved in there you know mm-hmm. I, I thought that was interesting that's a good point yeah, yeah. um and he's he, he goes on to add the resulting lack of of local history and connectedness alienates chicanos and native americans and discourages development of a united community um, and I thought that was interesting and a little heartbreaking because you kind of still see it today. Yeah. I mean, we're just talking about it on the mm-hmm. podcast, you know. Um, and he says the the preservations of buildings, the preservation of buildings is almost completely limited to those built by Euro Americans, giving the impression that nothing existed before ang- the Anglo invasion. I thought that was like kind of haunting because, like, yeah, I think a lot of people come in here and think like. It's just Los Angeles. Like, there was nothing here before we showed up. Yeah. But there was, and it's because of that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I thought that was pretty yeah. interesting, but, again, sad, you know? Yeah. No, yeah, I could see why you it was eating you up, because <laughs> I was talking about how, like, gentrification, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like you were, I was talking about how, like, it, it's basically that, in a sense. You erase everything, and then you paint over the murals. You yeah. you bring down. They were trying to bring down uh, Mariachi Plaza, right, in Boy Heights, too? But Boy Bo, Bo Heights always fights back. They've, they've been keeping at it, even though they're getting gentrified still. Yeah, yeah. I, I always see they're protesting. So shout out to anybody who's from Boy Heights. No, I, yeah, but I mean, I thought that was like fascinating. I mean, I hope fascinating is the bad the bad word to use. But like, um, how? yeah, like. It, I think it's it's, it's eye opening. Yeah, because yeah. like, um, yeah, totally. I mean, like uh, you hear a lot of influencers and stuff that come here and they, they say they talk shit about Los Angeles mm-hmm. and how it's like. Transplants. It, yeah. And they're like, <laughs> oh, it's like a third world country there. Like there's nothing there. And like. <laughs> It's it's a lame city, yeah. but like there's bad energy. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like you you hear about how like they tear down buildings and destroy communities, and yeah. and it's deliberate because yeah. like for one they don't care and they want their own like choice buildings, freeways, stuff like that, and it erases like the really powerful history that's there. Um, and I guess I'll close with this quote that I thought was pretty powerful. And he says, um, "An ethnic group unable to define its past is unable to take pride in its accomplishments." learn from its past mistakes or assess its current situation. And I was like, damn, like that kind of blew me away. Cause I was like, whoa, you know, all that from who friend Roger Rabbit, you know, <laughs> uh, like, I didn't know it was that deep, but yeah, like yeah. interesting, you know, I'll rewatch it. Yeah. I feel like it deserves a rewatch, but that was beautiful, bro. I feel like oh, that was very educational. You, you I'm taught me something I didn't know. <laughs> really? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. You're making me angry. <laughs> <laughs> You're ruining my day, bro. <laughs> No, no, yeah. I mean, I guess it's go, it's to go back to what um, 
Then has been saying of like we need to start taking up space, you know. Like mm-hmm. if for a long time we've always been getting, I guess, erased or like put in the back. I think it's now our time to finally like if we are in those spaces, like we need to take them up. We need know? to be seen. Yeah. And I think also the other part is like encouraging our own, you know, like not putting our own community down because I feel like that's just something that's been through history because of and I and I think at least as far as I know about the Chicano movement, right? That's kind of like why it kind of happened or like there was the word Chicano because you weren't accepted by, you know, the Mexicans and then you weren't accepted here by the Americans. So it's because and then they created their own group. They created Chicano. And it's just like it's just been known that like your own people or like people that you think are, you know, your community, your community. is yeah. like also going against you. And I feel like especially in these times when everyone else is already against us, I feel like us as a community should stick together. You no, know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he talks about in the book, too, like how it's not uncommon for, I think, second generation. I hope I'm not speaking illy of that, but like second generation, it's not uncommon for them to adopt very conservative mindsets. Mm-hmm. Um, and like kind of talk down on uh, yeah. on older generations. And he even brings it because we brought it up uh, not a couple episodes about um, the graduation thing. Yeah. He doesn't specifically talk about that, but he talks about how it's not uncommon for um, people born here to kind of look down on older generations and be like, nah, like, you know. And um, and it, again, it's not uncommon for them to identify as white or yeah. or um, adopt this idea that like, oh, there's there's things that reverse racism is real mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I guess because he's a professor, he sees it a lot in, like, students. Yeah. So I guess for him, it's, like, an observable phenomenon. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting. Loki, That's crazy. Loki, you saying the generations reminds me of, like, how I remember I used to hear about um, the ICE or yeah. whatever they're called, the agency or whatever. Um, how the a lot ICE. of them yeah. how a lot of them are, like, uh, like second, fourth, fifth generation that are the, that work. The ICE officer who didn't know he himself was undocumented mm-hmm. and he was an ICE agent. Wow. And he deported so many um, like undocumented yeah. folks. Yeah. And he, he got deported himself because he didn't realize he was undocumented. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you see, it shows no, you yeah, a Yeah, it's just yeah. like, I remember hearing about those the stories because it's like, yeah, like, for some reason, the older generation, it's like they start being more, like, conservative or, like, being like, no, they shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing this or you shouldn't be for, like, Im- like immigration rights or whatever and and it's just like where does that come from you know like why is it that it kind of just happens that way no yeah it, def- it definitely comes sorry no go ahead it, go it, ahead, it, go it ahead. Definitely, he was talking about how like it's all very connected like i mean the erasure mm-hmm. of like history yeah. like you know you, you think if people tend to like they remove this like idea that you are native it's mm-hmm. like that idea right when you tear down communities and you tear down buildings that have historical yeah. like significance to the community it really does give the appearance that there is nothing here. Yeah. Like, oh, we we found it. Like mm-hmm. the the Euro the Euro uh, Euro Angelinos found yeah. it. Like, there wasn't anything here, mm-hmm. you know. And I think because a lot of people tend to like not know that, yeah. and who's to say whether it's their fault or not? Because yeah. I mean, they're kind of victims of the of the system yeah. that kind of wanted that outcome to begin with. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't really know that, you know, and yeah. they kind of live with that mindset that they that the the that people want. Um, and he also talks about how, like, when you do that, like, um, the people who, who don't have, like, a history become victims and very um, susceptible to the will of the dominant, um, the dominant force. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, they don't, like, to, to them, you, there's no, there's no reference of us being yeah. here. We have no power, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, interesting. Yeah. 
But there's a lot of history here, especially in LA. There's a lot of it here of like our black and brown communities, you know. We kind of built the city and now it's starting to get erased. Um, and I feel like, I don't know, I think we should still continue, I guess, telling those stories, right? I so think telling the stories true. of like our history and like passing those along. And that's why I feel like, um, I guess going back to reconnecting, it's just like, that's why I strongly am trying to reconnect to like my own roots. Because I feel like I don't want those. And especially I think we talked about it last episode where it's like even like the cooking and like all that stuff, like foods that um, like my parents grew up eating, you know, like I want to pass those along so that they're not forgotten, you know, and kind of like because I, I always think of um, yeah, I, was, I, I might spoil it a little bit, but we were watching a Black Mirror and like where she <laughs> where she was talking about her food. And they judged her because she's um, she's Indian. She's eating like Indian food, and they're like, "Oh, it smells or whatever." Is that the, the demon one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And it's like she's eating her food, and they they criticize her that her food smells or whatever. And it's just like, and I don't know. I, I get it that it's like very different foods and like spices and everything. And like some people might be might hear it or see it, and it looks like mole, right? It look it's brown or whatever. And yeah. Some people are like, "That's weird" or whatever. Um, it's just like no like it's really good food from our culture like and we should still present those you know and like show that like these are our foods and like they're really good and you know like passing those along to our families um because especially for me right i'm like in a what is it a biracial relationship like you know like passing those still down like i have those of my culture and stuff and having that still within my family or if I ever have a family when yeah. I'm older, you know, like having those still there implemented. Yeah. The responsibility to sustain that legacy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that, that's why I think what Nana's doing is like super important, like representation. Because mm-hmm. like, and what she said, like taking up space. Because it like, I guess it like plants a flag mm-hmm. of like, no, nah, like we exist, like we're here, you know. Yeah. It's not like you can't just sweep it under the rug, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah. That's why I'm glad we had you on here. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. Uh, just kind of wrapping things up. Just... One last thing that I guess I want to ask you is, as your first generation, right? Yes. As a first generation person, what is some advice you would have for other first generation people? Uh, don't give up. Behind fear, there's success. Um, that's one thing. So my mom is very like into details. So that's one thing she always tells us is that atrás de miedo hay éxito, atrás de miedo hay dinero. And so one thing for me is to like get over like that fear and anxiety that like oh like what if it doesn't like mm-hmm. turn out good or like oh what if i fail and those feelings are still very valid like yeah. it's okay to still have those feelings but it's not okay to not try mm-hmm. so it just keep going for it, just keep trying like shift things around like if this doesn't work then try it another way but if like you know in your heart that you want to do something like just do it yeah. do what you got to do like hustle work and, like, honestly, I would just say just be as genuine as you can be um, because people see through that. If people see that you're trying to be fake. If people see that you're trying to, like, put up a front, they see it, and it leaves, like, a bad taste in people's mouths. So I would just recommend, like, you know, being genuine and being kind. I think being kind gets you, like, a lot and gets you everywhere. Um, and trust the people around you. Like, make like have a strong support system and, like, because as much as sometimes you want to feel like we could do everything ourselves, it gets hard out here and life happens and shit happens. And, you know, having that strong support system, whether it's like family or friends, it's really good to have at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, I read somewhere who said it. I don't know who said it, but it's like 
the secret's not um the secret's not in the journey that's the journey is like who you oh, erase that <laughs> redo, remember. redo. i'll remember it you know? and i'll share it with you guys but right, something well, about that. either way everything else you said was a banger yeah so yeah, i just want to say thank you again for coming on the podcast thank you for having me um yeah. thank you to my sister for helping you out because it's it's it, well, I was talking to her about the show. I was like, you're so excited because we have more women guests. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I hope... Uh, it's always just me on here. <laughs> I hope everybody listening and, and watching is having a good time. Yeah, have a good Thursday. Definitely. Um, shout out to all our patrons. Uh, Yoel. I almost forgot. Not going to lie. Yoel, cat friend, and our newest addition to the wall, uh, Jaded Chicano. So if mm. you want to be on the wall, go ahead and subscribe to our Patreon. Um, but thanks again to Nena. Uh, thank you for joining us. You were a lovely guest. Um, I really That's enjoyed dope. this podcast. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, let the audience know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at s.st.phanie. And then I will add links in the bio. Uh, description. <laughs> I, was thinking of, I was thinking of Instagram. <laughs> yeah, but thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.